When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is summer breakfast on SEN, Wednesday the 10th of January, and we are here for Bryden's Lawyers. Unable to work due to injury or illness? Contact Bryden's Lawyers. It's Trent Copeland and Michael Karianis with you this morning. Good morning, everyone, on SEN 11.70 a.m. here in Sydney as we fill in the chairs for Vossie and Brandy. And for the rest of the week, those of you listening on SENQ 693 AM in Brizzy and everyone else across the SEN network, give us a call on the Suncorp open line 1300 01 1170. And of course, the Edgewater Homes text line 0457 736 736, as you all have been doing all morning. What's making news? We, Mick, we've been talking about reports are that 11 AM this morning, Sydney time, 10 AM Brizzy time that Steve Smith is set to win the race for the vacant spot at the top of the order. That's what News Limited newspapers are reporting yesterday. That means the replacement for David Warner is Cameron Green. He comes in to bat it for Matt Renshaw. Queenslander comes into the squad, and given his prowess batting all throughout the order for Queensland, and of course having opened before for Australia, he is the spare batter on tour. This is Marnus singing Steve Smith's praises yesterday. I've got no doubt that he'll do a good job. He's excited for a new challenge. Um, if that motivates him and, and that gets um, the cricket world Stephen Smith for another two years or three years, I think that's a massive win. That's not a kick at all on Shield cricket. Cameron Green's also averaging 50-plus in Shield cricket. There's not many guys doing that. So I don't think that's a... You know, that's a, that's a tough comparison to make. He's got a sound technique, got a great defence, um, and I think that's the versatility that you need at, at number four. So Cameron Bancroft potentially overlooked, as well as Marcus Harris, and even Matt Renshaw, you could argue, mm. not being picked to open the batting. Tell us what you think on that Suncorp open line, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy 70 In the BBL last night, the Adelaide Strikers beat the Hobart Hurricanes by five wickets. Ben McDermott put up his best fight, 95 not out from 61 balls. But the Adelaide Strikers, too good at home. They march on. Allianz Stadium is going to be a helipad for Davey <laughs> Warner on Friday afternoon as he attempts to dash from his brother's wedding in the Hunter Valley to get to the Big Bash's big Sydney smash at the SCG on Friday night to play for the Thunder. Remarkable story. Uh, the West Tigers have sacked their head of recruitment, Scott Fulton, just months after the appointment under the club's former administration. Uh, and we've also been talking about Tom Flegler fronting the media for the first time uh, in Dolphins Colours. But time now, Mick, to do some more of your famous. Yeah, there's The following that comes in on the back oh, of these yeah. is just remarkable. Uh, I'm sure the text will be flying in. Uh, NRL 2024 season previews. And today we're going to knock off the Rabbitohs and the Titans. Let's start with the Bunnies. Yeah, South Sydney had a a bit of a disrupted 2023. They were, you know, most I think most people had them in their top four, let alone yep. um, in their top eight. They missed the top eight, and there was lots of off-field innuendo. And and one of the the biggest stories of of 2023 was Sam Burgess leaving the club. It's been a really big week. Um, you know, it's been a lot happened, but I mean, 
I stand by my decision to uh, walk away and I think it's best for the team, best for the club uh, and everyone involved at the moment. So like you said, it's been a big week, but hopefully no more distractions and the team can get on with the job. So I love the club, I love what they stand for. They've been great to me and my family and that's never going to change. The supporters, the members, uh, great. The players, everyone involved, really good. But you know, circumstances that arose, just, it was just right uh, and everything that happened. So I'm happy with what the decision was and it's just now a good time to move on and focus on next year. Yeah, there was no doubt that created a stir um, for the back half of the year and Jason Demetrio and Sam Burgess fell out. Um, Sam Burgess was assistant coach. Now he's off to Warrington to start his head coaching career. So yep. that destruction's gone. Um, South Sydney, when you when you look at um, who they've brought in, Jack White and Sean Kepi, and they've lost Jaime Sale, Blake Taff, and Jed Cartwright. So Jack Wyden's a huge in. Yeah. Massive, massive in for him. He was poor for the Raiders last year, but he'll play in the centers, um, get first shot there. And uh, that back line, it, it's star-studded. It's ridiculous. It, it, you know, Latrell and, and Cody and Alex Johnson and Campbell Graham, it's, it is it is one of the best back lines in the NRL. Yeah. Uh, I'm interested in underrated, in my opinion, and under the radar potentially, Blake Taff leaving. Mm. Just given the amount of games that Latrell Mitchell has missed, and particularly at the business end of the season, on how good Blake Taff is coming in and filling in for Latrell yeah. Mitchell. So I guess that whole, I'm sure there's a plethora of options, but in, in the event that Latrell Mitchell does get injured or suspended, as he has done in the past, who's filling that role? Yeah, it's interesting. Does Jack Wyden yeah. shift there? Alex Johnston has done it before, and it's not his best position. Mm. Um, they got young Tyron Munro, who's going to be a freak. Yeah, uh, and he he's built to play fullback. Um, he's got to put a, a little bit of, of weight on um, and get his body a little bit. But he his build is outstanding, yeah. and he's going to be a special talent. Whether he can play fullback for a long period yet, I'm not sure. Um, so maybe they they look at shifting Jack White in there. Johnston could could do a job, but. Um, they're probably the, the options at the moment, but Blake Taft did a, a really good job filling in. But I think they've got enough cover there in case Latrell does go down. He was just that perfect replacement, even with his goal kicking, goal kicking as well. Helped, you yeah. know, and it's underrated mm. in in the importance in big matches how much goal kicking yeah. matters. Uh, but that's interesting. And what about you mentioned Jack White and he'll play in the centres. In terms of, and this is a question without notice, but the mechanism of signing a year in advance, and you said the form wasn't great last year. I wonder just, you know, if anyone's done the stats, career performance after signing with another team, Jerome Luai comes to mind, what do yeah. you put out for the Panthers this year? It's it's a really interesting mechanism within the NRL right now. I don't think it has. For senior players, I don't think it's a distraction. Like we've seen yeah. Penrith okay. being able to win so many comps with heaps of players in in a similar boat, you know, you kick out and Crichton and yep. you know Coruscant and all those guys have done it and still performed really really well. When it, when it's a young guy, it could be a little bit of a, a distraction. It just depends on the relationship with the club, um, and and how strong that senior playing group is to to keep them all together. Jack Wyden was down, but I think a lot of the Raiders were, were down. Um, Dom Young for Newcastle had a Crack yeah. in back half of the year Good point. with his future decided at the Roosters, so it can work. Um, I know some, I know a lot of fans hate it, uh, but you know on the flip side, if you're the West Tigers, it gives you a little bit of hope when you can watch Jerome Luai play for uh, Penrith. You know you have all all Tigers fans will have one eye on the Panthers yeah. this year, yeah. um, so it does create a, a different discussion. But the question mark for me will be around two things around South Sydney is the future of Jason Demetrio 
because yep. um, they re-signed him last year and that deal just get, it was done months before it was announced. Um, they were just looking for the right time and they just couldn't find a way to, to jag a few wins to change that narrative a little bit. And Lockie Ilias uh, at number yeah. seven, because if things don't work, they've got Jack Wyden there. Yes. And whether or not they shift Cody Walker to seven, Jack Wyden to six, um, and play Tass back in the, in the centers, they've got some options there now, South Sydney in case things don't work out uh, for Ilya. So I think they're the two biggest uh, storylines heading to South Sydney, but I've got them finishing fifth. Interesting. So big rises for South. I just, their roster's too good to replicate. But only fifth. fifth. I, thought, I thought you might have been going higher. It's a big jump still from where they finished. Uh, I've got Manly in my top four. So that's probably where I differ from a lot of people at the moment. That's probably the the one um, yep. that that I've got sneaking in at fourth rather than South Sydney. But for mine, South Sydney finished fifth, have a really good year and, and challenge for a title again. And just to tie a bow on the Jack White and stuff, success or failure, the investment from the Rabbitohs? I think it'll be a success. I yep. think he's a really good player. And the fact that he can play at centre um, will benefit him given given his age and provided they can just get him some clean ball. But that back line is dynamic. Yeah, Campbell, Graham, Jack White on either side of the field. Alex Johnston on one wing, Latrell Mitchell playing both sides of the field, Cody Walker sweeping. Like, it's there's points there. there yeah. there's, there's a lot of points. So I think South Sydney should go back to, to being a, a premiership threat this year. Yeah, no no doubt about it. What about the Titans? We, we move on to a, a team that at their best, I mean, David Fafida, mm. big Tino yeah. story uh, of last year. It was pretty wild how all this stuff unfolded. But talk to us about the Titans. Yeah, tough read for, for the Titans. Um, they get a new coach in in Des Hasler, and um, this is how he opened his uh, first day as the Titans head coach. Can you talk to us about your decision to build the dojo uh, on site here, and I guess the plans for the preseason? Yeah, not to be completely honest, it's a side business. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's a it's a function centre. It's a we- I do weddings. Uh, I can bury you. I do funerals on the field. I can spread your ashes, uh, and I'll undercut any wedding venue in the Gold Coast. There, yeah. uh, I max out about 200 seats. Yeah. Yeah. Or rephrasing, to use the dojo on site. Sorry. To use the dojo. Oh, on you mean for football? Oh, yes, of course, sorry. Sure. Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, it's a, uh, it's just a, um, it's a double up room. You can uh, use it as an add-on to the field. We use it for rehab, um, a whole lot of spectrums. Yeah, but they're boring. Yeah. Oh, they don't, <laughs> the Gold Coast media do not know what they're in for. Uh, it was all laughs, yeah. all smiles, but wait till they see the intensity that's a, uh, that will unfold um, in the early couple of rounds. So Des Hasler, yep, he, he could crack it with the best of them. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be an interesting ride there for, for the Gold Coast Titans. Um, not a lot of play movement for the Titans. Keenan Palacia is probably their... Best recruit from from the Broncos, um, good first grader. But as you said, uh, Tino, Fafida, um, that's where their their strength is. Sam Verrills, I really like Sam Verrills as a player. He's just got to play. Yeah. Got to, they, they they need him to play twenty plus games um, to to really shore up that middle of the field. Um, so, yeah, interesting year for for the Titans um, with new coach Des Hasler. Yeah, what did you? I mean. Can you just refresh on the 
the contract saga that went on with Tino and David Fafita. And there was a clause in there that head coach not being the same, Holbrook going and, yeah. and all of that. Are they past that? Are they are these two Titans players now for good? Well, really weird clause um, in, in that contract because it wasn't like, with all due respect to Justin Holbrook, it's, it's not a Craig Bellamy or a Wayne Bennett or yeah. Ivan Cleary now, someone that you'd want to tie your, your future to. But um, they agreed to to that deal. And, and what it meant was Fafita had just re-signed and you know, came off the back of an okay season, uh, but then produced an amazing season last year and, and cashed in. So all, all it did was give Tino and Fafita a, a big pay rise and, and, and they both recommitted to the Titans. So it was an interesting way to, to look at those deals. But David Fafita's contract still has player options. So he's got 2024 locked in, yep. but technically he's a free agent in 25, 26. Um, so we'll, we'll see that circus go on potentially again. Uh, Tino's locked in for 25, 26. And then he has an option until 2033. Wow. Which seems a, a long, long time away. So um, Tino's locked in for the next couple of years, but David Fafita could still potentially be a free agent at some stage this year. It's interesting, isn't it? It seems like one of those mechanisms that managers are using to their advantage, knowing that coaches get sacked quite regularly. It's a weird one. It's not a common clause, a coach clause. Okay. And it's generally, you know, when you have a Darius Boyd, Wayne Bennett, type of relationship. You know, that's it's when the players are significantly close. The the Tino and David Fafita to Justin Holbrook yeah. was a total surprise. Uh, just one question on the halves, and, and particularly about Jaden Campbell and AJ Brimson and yeah. how they get them on the field for 80 minutes because they both look like they have to play. They have to play. And, and that was one of the downfalls of, of Justin Holbrook is that he didn't have the ability or couldn't find a way to ensure that Brimson and, and Campbell were on the field at the same time. And um, it looks like early indications are that Jaden Campbell will start at fullback, Brimson okay. at centre. Wow. Uh, with um, four and in, in the halves as well. With um, So four and we'll, we'll start in the halves. So it's interesting. It's an interesting one. Whether Brimson can work at centre, I'm not sure, but they've got to find a way to get him on the ball and in the game because he's arguably with Campbell their most dangerous uh, attacking weapons and Tanner Boyd will obviously be the halfback so yep. that's the way that that spine looks like taking shape yeah I mean every time both of those guys are on the field and one of them was playing off the bench or, or injured and not playing yeah. it was so evident that mm. their impact was missed so it's it's a tough one we've had a few questions coming I've in I've got them at 15th the Titans Oof. so not a significant improvement for Gold Coast Queensland listeners out there Rip in. that don't have Patton Hill singing the praises of the Titans. Michael Carianis giving it to you straight. 0457 736 736 is the Edgewater Homes text line and the Suncorp open line 1300 011170. Do you disagree with the predictions? Rabbitohs fifth, Titans 15th, you said? Mm. Mm, ouch. All right. The Reptile has texted in. G'day, Shaggers. Jack White and will have a new lease on life at South Sydney. Rabbitohs will finish minor premiers and win the comp. Titans will have a bad season because of Des, because he is too distracted by his games and the mad scientist bit he plays. What do you reckon about that? I don't know if he plays it. I think that's just his life. <laughs> um, but yeah, South Sydney have the roster to finish top four, minor premiers, win the comp. Yeah. So um, I, I think they could push with that. I think Jack Wyden, one, one thing about Jack Wyden, Jack Wyden has amazing training standards. You speak to people at Canberra and, and at Rep level, and that's been some of the criticism. Yep. At South Sydney, at the particularly at the back end, and you know the fallout between Sam Burgess and Jason Demetrio was around 
training standards and the like, you know. So he's going to push some of those younger players. He's going to push Latrell at training, and I think that's an important ingredient. Which it strikes you as something that needs to happen. Um, there's one here about you. You mentioned in passing that you had Manly top four. Mm. Uh, this one from Dennis. Hi, guys. Seabold as coach means Manly can't make the eight. Give yourself an uppercut. Another yeah. uppercut. So, <laughs> no, I was leaving that out. So I don't know. Probably knocked myself out a few times in this chat <laughs> from some of the text messages. But no, I just like their – I think – but. It's the big asterisk, right? If Tommy Turbo plays 20 games, I've got him in my top four. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about that. So I just think they could fly. the like. I just I just love the the amount of points that Manly could score next year. Like Ruben Garrick could break so many records, I reckon. Yeah. Like I reckon they've got so many points in them. Yeah, no doubt. Michael, do you think the Panthers will use every opportunity to blood a new Luai replacement this season? I reckon Romy will have a lot of bench time this year. No, I don't no. think so. I think they'll look at, you know, particularly at training and around the origin period, um, around Jerome Luai's position, long-term position, or Dane Laurie, Jack Cole, whether those guys can can be the long-term half solution, Brad Schneider. But no, no, they're not going to be benching Jerome Luai. They're going to win. They're going to want to win another comp. Yeah, no doubt about that. There are your NRL previews for today, the Rabbitohs and the Titans. Thanks to Mick Karianis for that. Breakfast is powered by Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter. Shaping and building Australia together. Make it look easy with Sportsbet. Chances are you're about to lose. Time now to talk to Mitch Abaya from Sportsbet. There's plenty going on around the world, and we've been talking cricket, big bash, there's Aussie Open stuff going on, as well as American sport. Mitch, good morning to you. Morning, boys. How are we going? Yeah, going good in here, mate. Let's kick it off with the big bash, mate. Talk to us about what you got going on there. Yeah, let's talk about today's game or tonight's game. Uh, Brisbane Heat, who have already qualified for the finals, uh, are going up against the Perth Scorchers. What a game this will be. Brisbane Heat, $2.04 per Scorchers tournament favourite and favourites in this one, $1.78. The top Brisbane Heat run scorer, Usman Kawaja at $3.75. Colin Munro at $4.25. Josh Brown also at $4.25. And for the first scorchers, Zach Crawley at $4.00. Aaron Hardy at $4.10. And Josh Inglis at $4.60. We'll talk about tomorrow's game just briefly. Hobart Hurricanes versus the Adelaide Strikers. Hobart Hurricanes, $2.08. The Adelaide Strikers, $1.75. And on Friday, the Sydney Sixers versus the Sydney Thunder. The Sydney Derby. Uh, Sydney Sixers, $1.67 favourite. Sydney Thunder, $2.21. Uh, and a quick outright market for the tournament if you were interested in playing there. Uh, first Scorchers, are your favourites $2.30 to take out the whole tournament? Word $2.37 yesterday, so a little move uh, in there. Brisbane Heat, $2.85. Haven't moved since yesterday. Sydney Sixers, $5.00. And Melbourne Stars are $11 out from $8. Everyone else is $26 or more. What about the Australian Open? What do you have for us there, mate? Yeah, just got the uh, outright uh, winners for the men's and women's comp for 2024 for the Oz Open. Uh, Novak Djokovic, no surprise here, favourite at $1.91. Carlos Alcaraz is $4 in the market. Yannick Sinner at $7. Then we get out to Daniel Medvedev at $11. Alexander Zverev at $23. And Alex Dimonor, $34. So if you're interested in playing in the men's Oz Open, there is a market there for the outright comp. You can jump on and check it out. And for the ladies, 
Uh, Iger uh, Switek is three twenty. Alina Rybakina is five dollars. Ariana Sabalenka at six dollars, and Corey Gorf at seven dollars. Jessica Pagula is eighteen dollars uh, and over. So um, plenty of markets there in regards to the tennis. I'm sure there'll be plenty of people chucking on their uh, all-in multis when the first round markets open up. People love their shorties and combining all the short price favourites trying to land a uh, 30-leg multi. Yeah, it's always good fun talking uh, pronunciation of tennis players' names as well. Uh, the last names, of particularly the women, are uh, always good fun. What about the NBA, Mitch? Uh, I'm a huge fan. I'm a Timberwolves fan. They're taking on the Magic today, and I'm hopeful they can get back on track. But what are the markets telling you there? Geez, it's probably the most confident you'll be in a while uh, when it comes to potential of a championship. They've actually shown a fair bit this season, the Timberwolves. are going around today. There is five games on in the NBA today. I'll quickly rattle through a few of them. A lot of them are quite short. So uh, Sacramento Kings versus Detroit Pistons. Sacramento Kings seventeen. Detroit Pistons $5.10. The Timberwolves, here's your game, Coach. Uh, they're $1.49 versus Orlando Magic, who have been in some stellar form, $2.64. Portland Trail Blazers host the New York Knicks. Trail Blazers, 6 bucks. Knicks, $1.14. Memphis Grizzlies, $3.85. Without John Morant, he's been ruled out for the season with shoulder surgery, so that's a massive blow for them. Dallas Mavericks favourites at $1.26. And then we get to the Raptors versus the Lakers. The Raptors, $2.49. I reckon there's some value there. I don't think the Lakers are travelling that well. They're $1.54, the Los Angeles Lakers. But the Timbal have to be a massive chance when it comes to the uh, playoffs this year with such a very, very deep team. Uh, Anthony Edwards is absolutely highlighting that side. Yeah, I'm optimistic for probably the first time in my life as a Timberwolves fan that we can get (laughs) at least deep in the playoffs. Mitch, thank you for your time this morning. Have a great day at Sportsbet. Anytime, boys. Have a great day and uh, yeah, happy punting. Make it look easy with Sportsbet. Chances are you're about to lose. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Thanks, Nathan. We're here for Bing Lee Better Living Every Day, and we're powered by Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. We'll chat with tennis expert, SEN's tennis expert, Brett Phillips, in just a moment. But if you're only just waking up, here are the headlines that we've been discussing this morning The Aussie Test team is going to be named for the series against the West Indies this morning, likely around 11am Sydney time, 10am Brizzy time, with Steve Smith expected to replace David Warner at the top of the order, Cameron Green the replacement in the 11, and he's likely to slot in at number four. Matt Renshaw included in the squad, but not playing at this stage. The Adelaide Strikers beat the Hobart Hurricanes in the BBL last night. Uh, We've also been discussing Scott Fulton's departure from the West Tigers, Tom Flegler speaking for the first time in Dolphins Colours. You can catch up on anything you've missed, including Mick's NRL previews of the Rabbitohs and the Titans. And we also had a text in before talking about the Roosters. I'm reliably informed that there are podcasts of each of the NRL previews so far. So check that out on the app and, and search for Breakfast with Vossie and Brandy for any of the episodes that you might have missed. All right, let's get Brett Phillips on the line to talk through all of the ramifications from matches in the tennis world in the lead-up to the Australian Open. Good morning to you, Brett. Morning, Trent, Michael. Good to speak to you guys. How did we go with the qualifiers yesterday, mate? Yeah, seven of the 15, uh, Trent, through. We've got another uh, 10, 10 Aussies to suit up first round uh, today. So, yeah, I think 25 all up across the men and the women. So, yeah, a bit of a mixed bag and I suppose a story... 
out of that is uh, Arena Rodionova, which has obviously um, yeah, caused uh, some headlines, obviously yes. not getting a wild card in the first place to the Australian Open and then having to go through qualifying as our number one ranked Australian female, and she loses in the first round. So I know she's had... Uh, a fair bit to say, but I've got to tell you, uh, to be quite frank, um, this wildcard discussion comes up every single year. Uh, we've done our own uh, personal sort of investigations into it at the first serve and written some feature pieces on it, spoken to some key people, and I'm, I'm getting tired of it, to be totally honest. I mean, a wildcard uh, is a bonus. It is something you shouldn't expect or you're not entitled to. Uh, unless you are at the cutoff for direct entry, and that's because your ranking's good enough. And so we have this debate every year about wildcards, and obviously the four majors, who are independent entities, at their discretion can pick local homegrown players to get a wildcard. And I actually think that's wrong. I think you get there on your own merits. I think wildcards should only be saved for former Grand Slam champions who might have been out of the game. So we've got, obviously, Osaka and Kerber and Wozniacki, all who have gone and um, given birth and had 18 months out of the game with maternity leave. And they're deserving of a wild card. Uh, And then I think, you know, open up more qualifying spots through the qualifying. But, you know, to be handing out wild cards, in our case, to players ranked 200, 250 in the world, 300, to me, you haven't earned your stripes. So there shouldn't be any gripes about this (laughs) whatsoever, um, but, you know, that's, that's been sort of par for the course for a long time at the Slams because they inject the most money into the sport, have the right to, you know, um, put their homegrown players forward because it is a home slam. I get it, but I don't like it. Where, where does it leave her now, um, BP, do you think? Well, she's got to, you know, just battle away. I mean, she's 34 years of age. She's never been inside the top 100. Yes, absolutely acknowledge, Michael, the year that she had in 2023. She went and grinded, rolled up her sleeves, did it without a coach, travelled to all corners of the globe to get her ranking back from uh, just outside 300 to just outside 100. Well done. 78 matches she won. Huge tick. Uh, She won a couple of matches in Brisbane. Uh, Looked the goods. Uh, But, you know, she's been in this position many, many a time. And she's 34. She's been around a while and, you know, has never been able to get inside the top 100. If you're there, you absolutely get in on direct entry and you've deserved your spot. Uh, So she's got to just simply roll up the sleeves like she did this year and, you know, get inside the top 100 for the first time. And that argument probably ends. Just quickly before we let you go, mate, the Aussie highlights across Adelaide and Hobart yesterday. Yeah, well, Hobart, uh, certainly we didn't quite see Olivia Gadecki get over the line last night, but Daria Seville, um, you know, she could maybe win this tournament. She's in good form, uh, Dasha, and has been top 20, so she'll be in action tonight. Uh, our guys were terrific yesterday. I've got to say, Jordan Thompson, Trent, from your neck of the woods in Sydney, he is having a really good start to the year. I mean, he won uh, convincingly yesterday, obviously made a semi-final in Brisbane, beats Nadal, He's close to his career high of 43. You know, this year he's got to be aiming to be, you know, inside that top 40. He's 29 years of age. You know, as fit as anyone on the tour. He's a just his IQ, the way he constructs points. He's such a, you know, um, a great tennis player to watch. Um, doesn't always have the big weapons to blow you off the court, which has probably held him back from being a top 30, top 20 player. Uh, but Geordie's in some terrific form. Takes on Musetti tonight in Adelaide, which you know, he's the uh, fourth seed and a very good player. Chris O'Connell, Alex Bolt, 
all had wins. Uh, Kuyong gets underway today, which is a, a great uh, lead into the Australian Open. So we get a look at the young gun uh, Yannick Sinner for the first time. Uh, this is only his, this is his only preparation for the AO with the great uh, Darren Cale, the coach extraordinaire in his corner, Sir Andy Murray, Holger Runa. Yeah, it's a good field and the qualities will continue. So, yeah, there's plenty going on um, right across the country today. BP, we love your work, mate. There's lots going on in the tennis world over the next couple of weeks. Uh, I'm sure you'll keep us informed. Have a great day. Thank you, guys. Cheers. Anderson again. This time gets past. That's it. All over. It goes to the boundary for four. And Overton finishes up in style. That's the Adelaide Strikers defeating the Hobart Hurricanes last night on SEN. And the SEN Cricket commentary team are back in action tonight for the Brisbane Heat up against the Perth Scorchers. That's live from 7pm Sydney time, 6pm in Queensland. You catch every game of the BBL on SEN. We're here for Brighton's Lawyers. Unable to work due to injury or illness? Contact Brighton's Lawyers. Time for a health and fitness tip, Mick. I'll let you take this one. (laughs) For fast fuel meals, uh, healthy meals, ready fast, enjoy quality food that tastes great and saves you time. Now, my health and fitness tip for the day, Mm -hmm. and this is something that I need to still get better at, but now that I'm not a professional athlete and things were being scheduled for me and I didn't need to think about it, schedule it in the diary. Like any other work meeting, like anything else that you do in your life where you have a commitment, Physically put it in the diary of the must-haves. It's a big rock in the diary that doesn't move. I think that's my tip to make sure, and particularly if you've got a significant other or mate that you train with regularly, put it in a shared calendar so you've got accountability that you don't, when you're tired, say, ah, oh, I don't feel like doing yeah. that today. And there's no actual time that you need to do it. How much training have you? Uh, almost zero since I retired. Have you picked up a ball? Like, have you? Uh Obviously, with your analysis seven, and stuff, yeah, but, but not not physically. Have you gone to I the, got asked a net bowl about three weeks ago. Okay, and then the answer of no came out of really? my mouth as quickly as you like. Yeah, for the Aussies for the the SCG test. Yeah, um, it was one of those things where I, I would literally break in half uh, okay. just because I've done zero prep. Gotcha. Um, but in terms of training, my wife is absolutely flying at the moment. Former athlete, played for Australia for many years, and. We've got two young children and I'm so inspired by Kim mm. and what she's doing at present with her fitness. Um, that's part of the whole news resolution stuff that I need to get back into it. But this is a big part of it. I, I need to, with all the other things going on, particularly in cricket season, uh, commentary work and, and an actual job and then coming in here doing this, I actually need to schedule it in the diary and get it done. If you have a ball this week, I'm playing fifth grade. At, if you want to come and have a ball. <laughs> uh, the answer is still... <laughs> An emphatic no. Uh, but, hey, we've got an exciting moment in the, in the show. Uh, we do it most days. Um, and we've got Gary from Newtown on the line. Gary, good morning. Good morning, Trent and Michael. Just, just on Manly and the Bunnies, before I speak about them, I'd just like to speak about the grand final. And the grand final is telling me everything what's needed to win comp. And I, I, no one can answer this question for me. When they scored during the year, and in that grand final, there was eight tries, and that's a lot of tries in a grand final, and not one winger scored. I'm just trying to work out how did that happen? What was the reasons behind that? And no one can answer that question at the moment, and I haven't got the answer to that, but I'd like to find out why was that the case. But just on Manly, just on Manly and the Bunnies, I look at Manly, 
and I go back to the grand final, Manly's forward pack cannot maintain that game for 80 minutes. So they're a thousand to win, a thousand and one to win the comp. They cannot win the comp. Even if they finish in the top four, cannot win the comp. They can't maintain that over 80 minutes. They'll fall apart. They'll, they'll be running in quicksand, and the, and they will. The opposition will be scoring. And that's similar to Parramatta. That's similar to Parramatta. I like Parramatta forwards. I like the forwards, but the game's moved on from that. You need different forwards. Similar to Parramatta. So I need Dylan Brown to be in the game for 80 minutes, and I need Mazes to run direct and understand the kicking game to look after the forwards. They're, they're lucky, though, Gary, that they've got you in their camp. That, <laughs> that's the thing. I do agree with um, Gary and, and Parramatta's forward pack because that's been my criticism of Parramatta is the fact that once um, the, once their power game doesn't work, there's not much going for the Eels in, in terms of that forward pack. So it'll be interesting to see if Brad Arthur evolves a little bit in their style of play. Yeah, uh, if you can hear it, <laughs> it's slowly coming through the mic. It's an alarm that's going off. Here in the SEN studios, and I think triggered by Gary. Gary, yeah, as soon phone. as Gary calls, the fire <laughs> alarm goes off. <laughs> Seriously, there are, but there is a lot of text messages coming through. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. This one's interesting, Mick, about the Big Bash. Mm-hmm. Correct me if I am right, TC, uh, but obviously Cricket Australia didn't think the Heat would be in the Big Bash final with that scheduled for the eve of the poorly timed. Day-night test at the Gabba. Surely they can't play at Marnica from the Brisbane Eel. So talk us through that. So uh, just one thing here. This is not Cricket Australia in terms of when the matches are scheduled for. I mean, this is a uh, – you could look at the scheduling department and say, yeah, look, this is poorly timed if you look at that. But mm. the matches have to be scheduled at some point. Yeah. And, and they are – scheduled around other things. It's not like you could just put the final a week later because there's other things going on. Mm. Uh, the Brisbane Heat, just like every other team, need to schedule their matches if they are to make finals and they need to stipulate where that's going to be. I mean, the next 10 years, it's going to be no Gabba as well leading up to the Olympics. Yeah. So um, it's disappointing because they build their foundation. They get their fans through the gates, almost like no other team. Uh, the Scorchers do it well as well, but... Yeah, a shame, but one of those realities of professional sport um, that, yeah, the Gabba's going to be hosting a test match and the Heat have to play at Marnica. I wonder how many Heat fans are in Canberra. <laughs> Ring in. <laughs> yeah, if you're in Canberra. Uh, but uh, great news, you know, obviously not ideal for the Heat, but the great news is that they're playing unbelievable cricket. And could they go one better than last year? They made the final and got done by the Scorchers. Who's your tip from here? What's... Uh, well, no surprise to me that the Scorchers, the stri- uh, the Strikers had a good win last night, but the Scorchers, Sixers and Heat formulate the top three this time of year. Couldn't care less about form, mm. who's signed, what the players are in the landscape, what's going on. They find their way into the top four every year. So I think any of those guys can win. Um, but it's been a really good tournament and the fans are packing through the gates. We're going to have almost a sellout at the SCG on Friday night. Um, so it's brilliant to see. And tonight we've obviously got Marnus and Uzi playing for yeah. the Heat. Uh, it's great to watch. It's it's unreal. Um, but there's plenty more texts coming in, Mick. From Matt. Mike, I want you to put it on the line here. Going into round one, who are the top three coaches under the pressure, most pressure to keep their gigs? I think there's two that jump out easily. Okay. Brad Arthur, who we touched on, and Jason Demetrio. I think that's pretty... 
standard. I don't think too many people would probably disagree with that given the years that they had last year. Brad's been there for a while now. Took him to a grand final two years ago, but, you know, has had moderate success outside of that. I haven't really threatened for a, a premiership outside that grand final where they'll just play it well played. Like pa- Penrith just played them off a break. And the third one, I'm, I'm struggling a little bit. Maybe, maybe the Cowboys, Todd Payton, if they have another poor year, potentially. Okay. Um, but I think it's one and two, and then I can't really think of a third where I can generally say they're under pressure to, to keep their job. Interesting. Uh, this one, I thought there were reports yesterday saying Marcus Harris was going to be named in the squad, and now you just said it's Renshaw. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, until 11 a.m. Sydney time, 10 a.m. Brisbane time today, and it's officially named. None of us really know, uh, but it certainly seems like concrete reporting yesterday. Benny Horn and Co. get good mail. Good mail, yeah. But, I mean, yesterday it wasn't as solidified as no, it is No, as it now. is today. So, yeah, that's that's where we sit. Uh, coming up shortly, we've got Sydney Kings owner Paul Smith, and we'll have Racing Queensland's Chris Nelson coming on the show as well.